Hi there, this is Michael Westra with Breaking the Systems of Control podcast. Come hang out with me as we explore and pursue true freedom, liberty, and the art of minding your own business. Welcome back to Breaking the Systems of Control podcast. Glad to be back. Uh, some updates for the podcast are that I'm making some changes to the website, so if it looks a little funny, that's that's why. I'm hopefully making a membership program here soon. Other than that, let's get into it. Uh, today, we have a special interview for you with someone named Josh. Last name, none of your business. <laughs> uh, Josh is someone that I kind of met and came in contact with on the uh, barter and cryptocurrency exchange group that I made. Now, if anyone doesn't know what that group is, essentially the way we have this set up is on MeWe. And if you have something for sale or you're looking for something, you just make a post and you're welcome to barter for things or take cryptocurrency. If anyone is interested in joining this barter and cryptocurrency group, I will link it in the show notes. So in the group chat that we have for the group, so people were asking questions. We kind of got into discussions and he was one that seemed very articulate with stuff and very, he seemed like a very intelligent guy. And I wanted to do a cryptocurrency episode. So I asked the group, is anyone interested in coming on the podcast for an interview to, to talk about cryptocurrency? And he was the first one to jump on it. So I said, well, we'll have you on. I took a shot in the dark and ended up being a really great interview. And I'm excited to bring you guys this interview. Before we do that, let's talk about the social media cringe of the week. So the, the social media cringe of the week is this post of a, a worker of a nurse or medical worker and it said i'm tired please wear a mask or something along those lines i just thought it was hilarious because chances are you're not tired because the hospitals are overwhelmed we already know they're not so so quit lying we already know they're not overwhelmed you're probably tired because you were so underwhelmed that they were forced to fire all your help, and now you're working uh, for two people. Just thought it was kind of funny. Anyway, let's get into the interview. Josh, welcome to the podcast. What's going on, Mike? Glad to be here. I don't know if you saw on MeWe, but I, I put that uh, I, I chimed in and said people can ask some questions for us. So okay. throughout the podcast, if we get some questions coming in i can let you know and if they're referring to cryptocurrency i'll go ahead and let you answer it uh if if you feel comfortable doing that yeah i just preface i'm at kind of the intermediate level i'm definitely not on the pro level so there, there is a ceiling to my knowledge okay well how long ago did you get started with crypto uh probably 2016 late 2016 i probably got in about the same time but i never re really dove too deep into it i just kind of at first i was for for like the first two years i was just using 
Coinbase and just <laughs> storing everything on there. And then once oh, okay. I decided to actually get into it and did more research, I'm like, oh yeah, this is definitely not the smartest way to do uh, this if I'm storing actual cryptocurrency. So, well, I mean, it's got some pluses and minuses there. I mean, for the average person, I don't, I personally don't see too much of a problem with it. And kind of like as Jack always says, there of uh, just not not a whole bunch, but use it for your onboarding, offloading, and if you have a little bit, it's really useful for sending money to and from people. But yeah, for keeping yeah. significant amounts, uh, yeah. then it does yeah, automatically definitely. stake for you. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing is that some people are worried who shouldn't be worried because they don't have a lot of uh, money they're putting into it anyway. So well, oh yeah, and they want to like remain anonymous in the IRS. Well. Why aren't they worried about that with their general paycheck? Right, right. <laughs> well, so where you go then again, the then again, if you at least look not suspicious on paper, if you're trying to hide everything, it probably gives them more of a reason to try to figure out what the heck you're doing. Right. So actually a good strategy is to, uh, with, with everything in general, is to uh, strategize which info you allow them them to see right. so then they're not digging into the rest of your stuff all right so who is josh what's your background and we're going to be talking about cryptocurrency today so uh, kind of give an overview of who you are and then we'll go into um, the cryptocurrency stuff well originally from pennsylvania uh went to college up at iu party for a few years there and decided that wasn't uh take me in a good direction let's say uh was having a little too much fun of doing college stuff in college so uh there there just weren't a whole lot of opportunities in pennsylvania just the economy really sucks there it's been down in decline since probably the 50s so uh, i just knew i had to get out uh between coal and steel going out of business there, there just wasn't a whole lot of opportunity so i was i didn't know the air force existed at that point i was trying to join the army and i had two friends that got back from afghanistan in Iraq, and they said, don't you dare go to the army. You want to be treated like shit, do that. And so I said, all right, will do. I'll, I'll go to this Air Force thing you're talking about. And uh, so I went off, joined the Air Force, became a Morse operator. And a, as technically a signals analyst, my recruiter said he didn't know what it was, but it sounds like you'd be out in the field building antennas or something. Couldn't have been farther from the truth. Talk about sitting at a desk for 8 to 12 hours a day, every day. Oh, That's no. <laughs> So that, that got real boring. Uh, so how, how long though. were you uh, at school for? Uh, just two years. Two years. Okay. It, it took me probably eight years to finish the bachelor's degree, but I did eventually get it finished. Yeah. And in the, uh, you said the bachelor's was in what? Uh, well, I started out in criminology. Then I realized that I don't much care for cops a whole lot. So I probably don't want to be one either. So. <laughs> That's I funny. That's where I, I started off uh, studying criminal justice and that's kind of the turn I took. I knew I wanted to help people. So I got into, um, I, I became a licensed firefighter because oh, okay. I, I decided I didn't want to be a cop. And I, I was also uh, engaged to a cop and th that's just a whole mm. other story. The podcast is interview for you. So let's, uh, <laughs> let's keep it going. Um, other than school um what what do you do currently uh, you said you're an air force veteran so that's awesome um what are are some things that you'd say you learned from the air force well so i went from morris to signals 
and signals that that really helps you understand like uh the modulating modulating signals getting stuff from a satellite and uh like kind of like how your direct tv works um it, it helps you understand that that aspect of communications okay. uh that way you know you don't get uh the the bs from the people who want to make everything sound a lot more complicated and then i went into cyber and that's what really opened my eyes to a lot of different opportunities and that's kind of what helped me understand crypto a lot better is getting that introduction to everything from how fast a hard drive spins up why that matters to uh, scanning enumerating a network um, the actual actual exploitation part and then all the stuff that happens in between there not to say i'm an expert or by any stretch but uh, just going to school for six months and a bunch of follow-on training to help me understand the the fundamentals of all that stuff really I, that, that's been instrumental in kind of directing me in life uh after that and helped me really get into the uh crypto space and just just more computer hands-on okay so i obviously uh your career path and stuff kind of took you towards getting into cryptocurrency is there any other event in your life that led to cryptocurrency as far as for it being like a decentralized system? I mean, well, what brought you there? So I've always been into health and nutrition. Long story, I'll make it short, I promise. But I started out health and nutrition, really enjoyed that. And everything I read, the government kept making everything illegal, just couldn't figure it out. Well, they must just be inept. I'm sure they couldn't possibly be doing this on purpose. And then I, you know, I got into a few other things, got into politics, fell down the Alex Jones rabbit hole a little bit and read some books and got out of that rabbit hole. But I kept thinking, there's no way government purposely screws people over like this. And so I started understanding economics and I fell into the Ron Paul movement there in 2012 and realized, no, there's no way that government continuously makes this many poor decisions against uh, people and against our freedom in general. And that's, and then I started learning about cryptocurrency and 2014 2015 area there i still wasn't real sure about it but i was doing a little bit of reading uh and at that and i was just reading about the decentralized aspect of it and that really turned me on to it because hey the government just controls way too much and they opposing freedom at literally every step what can i do to just unplug from that system a little bit yeah i agree uh and i think uh, what you were saying about government and stuff. I, I think uh, it's the very reason why there's many people who are so against capitalism because they see the kind yeah. of corruption that's involved with the elites, but then they don't realize that it's not really capitalism that's doing that. It's them uh, abusing capitalism to benefit themselves through regulation and any regulations that are involved in the free market that it's not really capitalism. So it, it's almost like a misunderstanding. Like they, they understand the issue, but then uh, they don't see the big picture. And I think it's not just that side either. It's also uh, the conservative side as well, because they claim to love capitalism, but then are for big government regulations. I, I couldn't agree more with you. That's a problem I have with my lady a lot of times, actually. She she grew up a liberal, and she's still very much a liberal. I grew up a conservative and became a uh, libertarian um, just through a lot of reading. She, she doesn't understand. She doesn't know what the term capitalism or socialism even mean. 
She just knows that she's been conditioned to like the term socialism and hate the term capitalism. When we actually get talking and I don't bring up the terms, though, then she's very open to it and is like, and she'll agree with the concepts of true capitalism. And I try to explain to her, this is more of a fascist nation than capitalist because because of exactly what you described. There. You've got the, the, the elites and the big corporations that control the system. That's not free trade. That's them controlling trade. No, not at all. And I actually just gotten a small debate about the using the word capitalism. There was a, a libertarian. I'm, I consider myself a libertarian as well. I also consider myself an anarchist. But uh, there was this other libertarian that we were kind of talking about capitalism, and they were for abandoning the word because his claim was that um, – Words mean what they're used as. And these people that are using the word capitalism are the ones that are implementing big regulations. And uh, therefore, capitalism doesn't mean it isn't associated with the free market. Whereas I took the stance of that's exactly why I like to use the word because it's provocative. I think. The reason why they originally were using that word is because it is something that is associated with the free market and it is a good thing. And they were using this word to manipulate the masses into thinking that uh, what they're doing is a, a good thing. So it, it was just kind of one of those weird conversations. It's, it's semantics really, but. Well, that, that's a valid point, and uh, I had someone change my mind on that about three years ago, uh, and we, were, we weren't even talking about these terms whatsoever. It was just something about the, uh, the lexicon changing, and sure, words might have one definition. One I get in debates with my lady way too often is uh, white privilege. She is, I, I, the term itself is ridiculous. Um, just because privileges can be taken away. And so my, my thing is to call it white advantage. I, I won't debate the, prem, the well, <laughs> concept behind it. Just the term itself is inaccurate. And then, well, it's yeah, just your white fragility. Oh, God. All right, whatever. I just, again, I'm not disagreeing <laughs> with the concept. Just the, the terms are incorrect. I have a sort of a unique stance on the whole white privilege Um phrase i think the the reason i i like to get into semantics sometimes and (laughs) and it really it really pisses people off but i see a lot of um hypocrisy and essentially what they'll say is that the white man is treated better than the black community and black should be treated as good as whites. Okay. So if that's the case, then white, the way whites are treated would actually be considered the standard. So if whites are privileged, then what's the standard and who's advantaged? You, You know what I mean? So, no, absolutely. That, that's I, so I, I, I would say whatever your view to. is on it, if you believe that whites are treated better than blacks, then you would say 
uh, well, blacks are disadvantaged and they should be treated right. as good as whites. Exactly. We're, we we wouldn't be privileged. We would meet the standard. Right, right. Yeah. So, so, so the, I, I would say the down. privileged would be what we are talking about are uh, the elites. Right. So the, the rich are the privileged. We're the standard and they're disadvantaged. With that said, yeah. that would be looking at it from their worldview. From my worldview, we're all oppressed except for the elites. I, I don't disagree that we are all oppressed for sure, but it's just the, the varying levels there. Of course, and there's just, there's varying levels. Right, but right. my my point is, uh, if we were to focus on just one group, one uh, what I would say, the symptom, one symptom of the cause, which is the uh, large government, then we will never get to the root of the actual issue. We're right. we're just focusing on the one disease fruit from the entire disease plant and to get rid of that entire disease plant you got to pull it from the root uh, right right yeah i mean it's it that, that there's just so many different problems and it's the over the overpowered government that can then keep exercising that oppression on certain groupings differently than others so yeah yep yep but but of course i i i wouldn't disagree that um in a lot of senses uh blacks are disadvantaged and and, and a lot of it's due to large government intentionally yep. putting them in that place yep. to where they, they can't crawl out of. And that's actually when, when we're just talking about the, <clears throat> the elites abusing the capitalist system, they're actually using that same strategy towards all of the masses. So we stay where we're at and they keep their power. Yep. Anyway, let's, <laughs> we're going, we could be, oh yeah, we, we could definitely go on for a long time, but let's uh, get into cryptocurrency a little bit. So you, you kind of explain what got you into cryptocurrency. Um, why, why are you so passionate about cryptocurrency? Well, I see that as the one, the future of technology, the future of monetary system, and it's just important to get ahead of the curve. So if I can exchange, and I, I never have cash on me. It's just, it's a cultural thing, I guess. I just It is a pain in the butt. I mean, <laughs> everything right. is online. I mean, I mean, you, even if you want to go shop at a store, I, I would rather stop or shop inside a store. But the problem is, if I'm looking for a product, chances are even stores that carry said product, they're never in stock. <laughs> right. And it's and there's just so many different things out there, especially living in a small town. I mean, if you're in the middle of a big city, like you have pretty good access to things, but living in a, a more rural community or even a uh, lower socioeconomic community, you, you just don't have the access to the diversity of products. Right. And uh, that, so you typically go online then. And which is funny because usually it's the, you know, the, the, the country folk that are more for paying cash for everything. They are. And so I'm in this weird position in between there, right? I'm just very digital. I, I just moved from Honolulu and I'm uh, west of uh, San Antonio in a real small town. My contract, oh, nice. I want to pay with uh, cash or check. But man, I haven't used the check since I was probably 22 years old. And I opened my first real bank account that had money in it. Like I, 
I don't have checks. Yeah. The last check I used was two years ago and it was an online check. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. Like I might, I can my bank mail you one, but I just, I don't have checks. I'm, this mm -hmm. is 1980. And he's, and his daughter helped him work uh Zelly there for the uh, bank. He used bank of America, but it, and that takes, that still takes like five days. Like, do you want to try cryptocurrency? I ask everybody now when I'm buying anything online, I don't care who they are. Even uh, the, the people I'm buying my mineral for from for my uh, sheep, uh, do you take cryptocurrency? I ask everybody. Most of them, no, we don't even know what that is. Okay, what do you take other than cryptocurrency? Well, yeah. we, one co this company only does cash on delivery. What is this, 1950? <laughs> yeah, I, I actually just started doing exactly that. I went, as of this last year, I... I didn't just start getting into cryptocurrency seriously with this last bull run, like a lot of people did, but I was starting to get more serious with it about a year ago. And mm -hmm. uh, just recently I just started asking everybody and that's kind of when I decided to um, start that MeWe group that you joined. So, okay. Well, okay. I didn't know you only started it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I started that group. Uh, Speaking of what, what do you think about the group? I'm I'm pleased with it. I'm it's I mean it hasn't taken that much root yet, but I mean yeah. you just started it, and it's still just the wild west as far as people are concerned. They just this weird crypto thing, and they're 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 afraid of it, and it takes a little bit of time just talking about it, getting them used to it, and sort of pressuring people into it. Like I actually had to uh, offer one guy an extra fifty bucks for some permaculture books if he would accept cryptocurrency, and that that was enough to convince him to take time create a Coinbase account and accept my payment. Wow. Well, so, I mean, that's awesome that you did that. <laughs> Not everybody can do that, but that is a way to get people into it. I guess you could offer them more. Yeah. Have you purchased anything from anyone in the group? Uh, Oh no, not yet. I honestly, I've been just so busy uh, with moving out of my house in Hawaii there and moving here. And I have not had much time for anything. Uh, I will be in the future though. Yeah, I actually, I, I'm probably the only one that has, but I purchased uh, some coffee from Dennis Allen. He was the, you you do, you listen to the survival podcast, you said, right? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Dennis Allen was on the survival podcast. Jack interviewed him, I think about a week ago and he joined the group and talked about uh, his business selling coffee. I ended up buying coffee from him. And there's another guy, his name is Josh uh, Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah, He. I saw him on another survival podcast group. He wasn't even in the crypto group yet. And he was asking questions about shipping and, and some recommendations about cryptocurrency. And I messaged him and I said, hey, I'd be interested in buying some meat off you. And hey, you should join this crypto barter group. He joined and we just worked out and I ordered some sausage and some uh, meat sticks from him and I, I think he's I've shipping them out this weekend. There, yeah. yeah. It's kind of expensive when, when you're not doing it on a large scale, uh, shipping right. is expensive with meat sure because is. you gotta get it there quick and you gotta keep it cold. Um, I, I did, I've been having a heck of a time finding online companies that'll take crypto. I know Overstock and Wayfair will take it, but they charge just way more for the products and they're just cheap Chinese crap. So I, I didn't know Overstock did. Yeah. Yeah. They're actually the ones, uh, the owner of Overstock's, uh, the guy who was running uh, Tezos. Oh, I didn't know that. 
Bezos, but I could be wrong. Maybe I'm thinking uh, Bezos and Tezos. I don't know. Is, does overstock, uh, do, do they do it in a more regulated manner or is it through I, I some kind of third party system? I ended up not doing business with them because the prices were so high and I, I just needed a washer, dryer, and a stove, and they didn't have the uh, quality. They didn't have the uh, brands that I was looking for. They had some uh, cheap Chinese stuff that didn't have good reviews. Okay. All right. So for a, a lot of listeners r- requested an episode on crypto. So can you kind of give an overview of what crypto is and how it works? Obviously, you could teach a two-week course on this. So just try to give the shortened version. Yeah, I don't want to go into too much depth because I don't, I don't want to risk the rabbit holes there. But yep. overall, it's an, it's an online ledger. So if you think of one of those big, thick green books that has all the columns, you, if you took an accounting class in high school or something like that, you have your positives and your negatives, what, the, what it was for. Well, it's, it's kind of like that. It's an online ledger, but it's distributed across a whole bunch of different computers that have copies of it. And so that way, if one book is cooked, you know, based on the 300 other books, then mm, that one's not adding up. And so we have these copies of these ledgers of addresses. So, you know, Bill at 123, you know, Evergreen Lane sent however much money to Jane at 1345 Evergreen Terrace. And now that's on there forever. And then you have privacy chains versus open chains, pseudo anonymous chains. Bitcoin is one of those things where it's tough to tell, but I can guarantee you anybody with any sort of computing power, um, like certain agencies, can track that stuff down within probably 10 minutes. Yeah, I have heard that. Right. Now, how how can you assure that cryptocurrency is secure? How, how do you know people can't hack in and, and take all your money? Are, are you able to explain that a little bit? So uh, that's, that's a... Uh, I forget the term. It's a mathematical equation stuff that I read about. I'm definitely not a math genius, but it's something with the math proofs and there are these really complex algorithms. And by having the correct answer on one side, you can then provide the correct answer on the other side, which is your key. And I don't fully understand these proofs. Yeah, I I actually heard something about the amount of characters in a blockchain are equivalent to like how many atoms are in the the entire universe or something like that entire world or something like that. That that sounds reasonable. Yeah. That being said with quantum quantum computing, I don't suspect it's going to be too far off before uh, they're able to, you know, those bigger agencies with the bigger budgets are able to just break it. Um, additionally, security wise, we have to think about where all the mining is occurring, which is in China most of the time, because Electric's cheaper because they don't have the energy requirements. So for that reason, I'm not 100% confident in Bitcoin anymore. Uh, that being said, once they once all of those mining centers uh, decide to go rogue, the price of Bitcoin would drop considerably. So uh, maybe it's in their best interest to maintain the security there. I don't know. Um, so, so you don't think that Bitcoin will remain that uh, quote-unquote gold standard for the future, I, I, I didn't say that. I, I I'm not I'm not gonna try and uh, predict the future here, but I don't foresee it. It doesn't make sense to me that it would stay that that gold standard. It's it's just not functional enough. It's I, I heard the uh, the analogy the other day on one of the podcasts I listened to that it'll be the Model T essentially. 
Yeah. But, I, I yeah. feel like that might have been Dax Shepard, but yeah. No, I, I think that was it. I thought it might have been the Loose the Goose, uh, the last one. I okay, yeah, yeah, did did you watch that last one? I, I never watch videos. I'm only a podcast. Or I'm guy. sorry. Did you did you listen to? I, I'm I'm looking at a video here. I'm I'm getting distracted. Um, did you you did listen to that last one? Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was but a pretty I, good episode. Kind of falling out. Yeah. Um, so like you. Ethereum, I like a lot more just because they are open, and everyone can see exactly where all the money's going. But it's not like your name's attached to that. The thing is that people don't understand is when. That money traverses from Coinbase, which is everyone's normal on and offloading thing. Uh, there are a few ones out there like Kraken, uh, Bitstamp, uh, Binance, but all of them require KYC for any any significant amount of purchase. Uh, Speaking of, someone actually, now that you just brought that up, someone asked a question about that very thing. So let me pull it up here and see what they said. Okay, he said, what is the cheapest wallet slash marketplace for getting crypto? I'm assuming he means exchange. Uh, And then the next question, I think it's going to be about, I think it's the same thing. But um, yeah, he said, what's the cheapest slash best wallet marketplace to get into crypto? Yeah, okay. Two two questions, same. I I never go for the cheapest. It's uh, especially in crypto, that's a dangerous game to play. I go for the safest, most secure. So at that point... I do want government regulations because once you swipe that credit you card, you're not getting it back. What's that? Okay. I, I, I said, oh, you do. I I actually was just thinking about that very thing because I, I was watching some videos talking about, they were comparing some exchanges and he kept referring to the ones that were more regulated as better. And I was like, why, why would you want more government regulation but i guess that makes sense but just more right, secure just put, right i mean if i'm putting ten thousand dollars up for whatever currency i want i i do want some security to know that i'm actually going to have ten thousand dollars in crypto and not it's not going to go to somebody's pocket and that that thing's going to disappear yeah and, and by time you're sending it off to your wallets and stuff i mean it it's going to be more decentralized once you do that anyway because you're in control of those keys and so, so, well, that's the thing I don't think people understand. There's just because you're sending it to another wallet that the chain's still there, the chain of custody there. Um, we can see every place that uh, portion of a coin has been. Well, forever. right, right, and that's where stuff like privacy coins come in. Obviously, Monero, you you would transfer it to your wallet, and then you could have it uh, ex- exchanged out for Monero, and at that point would it now be more secure? More secure, yes. And here's something I'm not 100% sure on, so I could really use the uh, the bigger brain power on this one. But my thought process here is that as long as you maintain a copy of the blockchain at all times and maybe just keep backups, at a certain point, you're going to be able to uh, break the encryption on that. And so even though I'm using one that's completely encrypted, no one can break it right now, in another five or 10 years, if the IRS can break that encryption, then am I going to be up a crick without a paddle? Now, is that just if they're targeting that well, encrypt, that your specific one? I, that's that, that's the level of knowledge. I just, I haven't gotten enough into that. As far as I understand it though, like encryption is encryption. Once you break that encryption, you should be able to read the, the entire uh, blockchain or the entire ledger rather. Hmm. 
So, and it's just a thought. Again, I'm not, I'm not 100 sure on that one. I, I, from from my that. understanding, they would have to individually do it. It, it would buy, be by an individual base. I don't think they would just have uh, the entire blockchain be transparent. But I, I mean, I could be wrong on that. Um, well, I, well, and that's the that'd be the difference between gaining access to your wallet, write privileges to your wallet versus read privileges to the ledger. But again, I. That's where I'm not 100% sure. Does that make okay. sense, Dom? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we, we are trailing off a little bit. So as far as the exchanges, he he said cheapest, and you you deciphered the difference between cheap and that doesn't always mean the best. So can you give some recommendations on uh, which so, exchanges you like? I, I can give my input afterwards, but... I'm very preferential to Coinbase just because they're, they're a big corporation. They... They have their failures and just not having enough people to work there, but they're consistent and you do get locked out of your account from time to time. So just don't store a lot there unless you're letting it sit. Like I've got uh, a small chunk that I let sit there because it's staked. And if they close out my account, no big deal. I'm not, I'm not trading on there. It's just, it sits there. Binance. I like a lot. They're very consistent. They've got a, a good spread and they don't report to the IRS. Bitrix, on the other hand, they report to the IRS. So hmm. Give and take there. I actually Tracking didn't know that um, Binance doesn't report to the IRS. I thought with some of these new regulations that they're required to. Uh, well, historically they did not. Uh, also, it depends on how much you on and off ramp. Uh, but they didn't. They have never required KYC, so they don't know who I am. Sweet. Yeah, I, I use Binance as well. I also use Kraken and uh, Crypto.com, and then I use. Coinbase as well. So uh, I haven't actually, I, I lied. I just start, I just downloaded Kraken. And from what I'm seeing is it is very secure and uh, actually the lowest prices as well. So I'm, I will have to kind of report back. I'm not telling anyone to just go download it. We're not financial advisors. (laughs) Kraken's always been solid. It was just it was easy of use for Coinbase for me, but their their prices are high. Yeah, yeah, that's the one thing I don't like about Coinbase. But they are the user interface is great. It's faster than a lot of them, and it's secure, so you can't go wrong with Coinbase. But if you are looking for a cheaper option, Kraken may be one to look into. Now, have you looked into Crypto.com? I I've been there probably once, and it was. I'm going to say a year or so ago. Okay. So then I think that was like when they were uh, first kind of getting into the crypto scene. So I'm sure things have changed a little bit. Their prices are a lot cheaper than Coinbase. They're not the best, but they, you have the ability to stake coins. And okay. um, so you can obviously get a return on that. And on top of that, you can apply for one of their debit cards, which they're very basic debit card. You get 1% cash back, 1% crypto back on all your purchases. And it's a debit card. It's not a, it's not a credit card. So that's 1%. It doesn't sound like a lot, but it adds up. Now, if you wanted to get 3%, I think that's the next level. They require you to stake some cryptocurrency. I don't know the exact amount and you can actually depending on how much you stake, get up to 8% cash back. And and this is all cryptocurrency. I mean, 
from what I've seen, they are very secure. I, I think they do report to the IRS. That's a downfall, but yeah, for a debit card, it'd have to. Yeah. 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 Obviously. Um, okay. So what, what about wallets? Obviously we could be talking about wallets for a long time before you kind of recommend wallets. What, is the difference can you explain to the audience the difference between hot storage and cold storage well i would just do uh a hardware wallet versus software wallet um okay yeah we, let's, let's, let's go that. yep okay so hardware wallet you control your keys uh it's going to be never say never so i won't say never but it's going to be a lot lot harder it's going to be really difficult for any hacker to get a hold of your keys from a hardware wallet. So I'm a big fan of Ledger, uh, uh, Trezor, um, anything like that. Those hardware wallets are definitely a good place to go. And the new Ledger Nano X, I would highly recommend because it's Bluetooth. The uh, Nano S is the one I started out with. You had to plug that in. It only partially worked on your phone. Most of the stuff didn't work on Linux. You had to be on, so I had to down, install Windows then to get all the walls working it was a pain oh it's interesting i actually one. was thinking about purchasing the the nano s too so i'm glad i, mean, you I, I said don't something. hate it i don't hate it but it's and it's come a long way as well but it's still just it's it's a pain every time you want to pay someone or transfer some money you have to then download that wall that it only holds so many so i'm i'm going with the x now i'm i'm I, yeah i just ordered one of those rather uh because bluetooth and it has more storage so a lot less difficulty cool thing with those are well, cool thing, uh, sort of a workaround, I should say, is because of lack of storage, you have to delete wallets every once in a while. But once you reinstall that wallet again, uh, it has the exact same address and you still maintain the access to that crypto. Oh, awesome. So as far as um, hardware wallets, do you, do you or do you currently use or do you know about paper wallets? I have never messed with the paper wallet. I mean, it makes sense though. Uh, back when my Ether wallet was a thing or was a more popular thing, all you do there is just write down your uh, your private key and a public key. Yeah, right. So from my understanding, the, the paper wallet are supposed to be uh, more secure than the hardware wallet, but really, I mean, invisible, you can't get more invisible than invisible. So, <laughs> but right. uh, there, there are actually websites you can go on and they will generate that your, your codes for you and that, which you would write down obviously, but if I'm not mistaken, you can generate them off the internet. So, so you'll be invisible once you're generating them. And if you were to print it out, you can actually get that uh, QR scan too. Yep. So that's pretty cool. And then there's also, what, what are those uh, sites that you can search in the blockchain? So you can actually keep track of what's on your wallet without having to log in your, your wallet online or anything. So I um, use my ETHplore for my Ethereum wallet and it keeps track of the probably dozen plus tokens in my, in that wallet, as well as the Ethereum um, I really like that one. That's super convenient, but that's that's keeping track of the Ethereum wallet on my hardware wallet. And so I keep that up on a, a tab, my browser at all times. So I can still see what the uh, values are without having to plug it in and whatnot. Just yeah. the transfer is kind of a pain. Now, what what I'm doing is I, I have some blocks of uh, aluminum that I'm going to carve 
in my, my numbers, because an issue that I've heard is that if you had a house fire or a flood or something and it gets destroyed, there goes everything you have. So that's the downfall of having for, for the listeners, not, not directly talking to you. You obviously would know the downfall of this, but um, the downfall about a paper wall is sure it's secure, but the thing is you're in complete control of everything. You're not going through any third party you're in control. So if you are negligent, then you lose everything. Like you have to make sure you're, you're not, posting or, or going online and typing in your, your numbers and you, you keep it in a safe place because once it's out in the open, chances are you're going to lose everything. Well, that's the thing people want to store it in their Microsoft OneDrive or Google drive or something like that. So they don't lose it. Well, okay, sure. You'll never lose it, but you're giving everyone else the opportunity to access it. Yeah. Yeah. And actually I, in the last episode, actually, no. I forgot I recorded two parts. <laughs> so the next episode that's going to be released, I'm going to be talking about some options for uh, cloud storage and, and what kind of cloud storage you can use that's more secure and looking at convenience and stuff like that as well. Now, we just talked about software wallets and uh, paper wallets, which would be your, your cold yet. storage. Or I'm sorry, uh, we mentioned software wallets, but we just talked about um, our hardware wallet and paper wallet, which would be the cold storage. Can you explain what a software wallet is now? So software wallet is that, that's the thing for your convenience, and that's that's why I that's why I bring up the Ledger Nano X because it's Bluetooth, so you can get a little bit better security there with it. Um, but Bluetooth is always a vulnerability. But software is purely just stored online or in well online. And you can have an app on your phone. So like Coinbase, that app, that would be a software wallet. Um, uh, Coinami makes one that has a lot of different tokens. I, I like that one. Um, also, Jack's wallet makes has a lot of different ones on it as well. So those, those are the three that I'm... And uh, well, any of your exchange as well, an exchange wallet is going to be a software wallet. Um, so any, anything like that. So Binance, th- those are all technically software wallets. Yeah. Uh, the cool thing with those is that very easy to use. So anywhere I'm at, I can use those and send crypto to anybody and pretty much ease of use. Um, downside, though, is that anyone can intercept that traffic if they can decrypt it because, uh, you know, SL gives us uh, some level of protection. But those databases aren't secure. Your phone's not secure. I mean, my God, the NFC chips in it, the Wi-Fi, the Bluetooth connection, cell connection. Uh, there, there's nothing secure about a cell yeah. phone. And And you can do things that will increase your security. I mean, you're not going to be completely secure. Uh, Chances are, if you're not storing like, you know, uh, over $5,000, you should be Yeah, no one cares. Yeah, nobody cares. cares. So that being um, said, a a good script, if someone is uh, just on driving around uh, war driving or something like that, or looking for uh, easy to exploit Bluetooth connections, they just have a script that looks for, known software or yeah software wallets um they might just have a script that automatically ships it off to another address if it's ethereum or bitcoin right um not a huge worry though because i mean how many of us are going to encounter that situation yeah so i I bring up the possibilities of bad things that could happen but most of us just don't need to worry about especially if you you know you're putting 50 or 100 bucks in crypto just to learn about it don't worry about it if you lose 50 or 100 bucks 
you, you went to the casino or you, you went to the bar or went out to dinner or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And chances are you're, you're pro as long as you're not being stupid, chances are you're not going to lose anything. Now right. I would say, uh, since we're kind of talking to newbies on this, I would say the best way to get started into cryptocurrency would, uh, first of all, I would like to, I decipher the difference between an exchange and a, a software wallet. So even if the exchange has a built-in wallet, I still like to separate the two. And the reason why is because if you are using a software wallet, I think your so software wallet, you should not use it to deal with USD at all. So you would use your ex exchange, deal with your USD there and from your exchange. And, and the reason why is because usually exchanges are more susceptible to hackers. Now, um, target. I would say if you're first getting into cryptocurrency, first download um, a Coinbase or a Kraken. Those are two good ones. That's going to be your exchange. So from there, you're going to do what it asks with your uh, either bank information, debit cards, and you can purchase your first cryptocurrency. And from there, you can take that cryptocurrency and you're going to be able to send it to your separate software wallet. Now, a software wallet, what, what are, if you were just looking at software wallets by themselves that aren't exchanges, is there one that you use? I know uh, Jack's Liberty wallet is one. I use uh, Exodus. Uh, is there another one that you use that you would recommend? I'm, I'm a big fan of Jack's and Coinami. Coinami. Okay. So I have heard that's a good one as well. So Coinami, Jack's Liberty wallet and Exodus. So you're going to get one of these and you're going to purchase your cryptocurrency on your exchange, uh, your Coinbase or uh, your Kraken, and you're going to send it over to your software wallet. That, that just makes, like we were saying before, if someone really, really wants to see where that's going, they could, but it's very unlikely. And actually, I want to make this very clear too, because when people hear us say stuff like that about cryptocurrency, they're like, oh, well, I don't want to risk it. What they don't what understand, yeah, what they don't understand is that the security breaches within your bank, your, your debit cards, your credit cards are much more likely to be breached than your cryptocurrency is. Now, yeah. just because we said they technically could be breached and could be tracked, it's very, very unlikely. If you're smart, I mean, of that's course, like, that's like pe people, that's like saying you're not going to go driving because you could get hit by a gravel truck. Yeah. Yeah. Significantly I, higher risk of dying <laughs> driving. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. You would have more of a risk dying while driving than you would losing your cryptocurrency. If pigs could fly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what, if you haven't looked in the Exodus, one, one thing I like about Exodus is they have, an exchange built in, but you, you can't use USD. So, but you can exchange out your Bitcoin, your Ethereum, whatever. For example, I, I tend to exchange mine out for Monero. Uh, they don't have pirate chain on there yet. I, I don't know if they're thinking about it, but I think Exodus is one of the only software wallets that allows you to exchange into Monero without uh, having your USD information. Gotcha. 
So that that's a good benefit about that software wallet. Keep software wallets and pirate chain. I, I did just download the pirate chain wallet and got some R. Yeah, I I went online to did did you do the phone one or did you uh yeah i did the phone app okay well i i went online to try to get one on my pc and i was like half asleep and then i just like tried to download it and then tried to open it and it's telling me i have to like extract certain files and stuff i'm like you know what? i'm too tired for this so i'll, I'll wait <laughs> till later but i did get the android one i haven't used it yet but i saw jack uh saying that there's some issues going on with it. I don't know. Yeah, making plans for me. I, 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 all I did was receive some though. I, we'll see what happens when I go to send it. I got the private keys though, so if I need to download the uh, the computer version, I, I can do that as well. All right, and I hold on. Let me see. I think we we did get another question. Let me see on on my Telegram group. I'll have to. Okay. Um, let me see. Well, while you're looking that up, I do want to bring up something from one of your other podcasts where I avidly disagree with you. And that is a a, ta- a self-locking Uh-oh. tape measure. Oh, I oh come on. So much. I, really? I, bought one at, uh, I bought one at AC the other day. Those are my favorite. Freaking nuts. I have to keep hitting the button to retract it. Yeah, well, you know what it is. You're, you're, you're so used to the other ones that when you go right. to use it, it's just like automated. It's muscle memory and you're... Oh, yeah. Like, what the hell is wrong with this thing? Just... Bring the GD tape back in. It would it'd be like someone handing me a firearm with the trigger being on the side of it instead of underneath. Yeah. It, it would drive me nuts. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. I've got, I've got 30 years of just putting my finger under to hold it. Yep. <laughs> Let's see here. Okay. Wow. There's actually a few. I have a, are you a part of Freedom Cells? Not yet. I, I looked it up, but I just, again, I've, I've been kind of in a holding pattern for the past uh, two months. Okay. Do you, do you listen to Tom Woods at all? I haven't listened to him in quite a few years, actually. Okay. You, you got it. Oh, he's been absolutely incredible on this COVID stuff. He's been oh, yeah? talking to legislators, les- really? legislatures. He's been uh, given a ton of speeches at like the Mises Institute and He's, he's been kind of getting a lot of conservatives on board and and he's gotten a lot of new listeners who are conservatives due to this, because obviously there, there's a one side versus the other when it comes to COVID lockdowns and stuff. So, yeah, I'm, I'm so over the duopoly of everything. It's just exhausting. Well, that's, that's, it's a rabbit hole, but, um, that's part of the problem with trying to have conversations with one of the quote unquote sides, because if you say, uh, if you dare to say something that's kind of a line on one small little issue on the other side, yeah. then they automatically associate you with them and they yeah, have to take the complete opposite yep. side on it because that's just how they're wired to think. Yep. If, if, yeah, if you, if you, even if you disagree with them, well, you must be the other side. Now, if you like air, I have to hate air. Uh, I well, not only that, I feel like people. Let let's say the the more liberal leaning people believe one thing. If the conservatives hear their position, they automatically have to have the opposite extreme. Whether or not they believe it, they just have to take the opposite extreme. Yep. 
Oh, anyway, I was talking about Tom Woods. Yeah. Uh, he had John Bush on and they talked about freedom cells a little bit. It was a good, great episode. I think it was about a month ago. Okay. If you just search John Tom Bush Woods, John Bush. you said what? Does John Bush have a podcast? He does. It's called live free now. Okay. Very, I, I, very good podcast. Was, I, I enjoy it. They, they always mention those things during the unloose the goose episodes. And it's just, I yeah, he's been on, on Jack's show before as well. Okay. Yep. I'm always playing when I'm working or something. So it's sort of background. I, I never, I usually catch about 60% of it. Yeah. I really like John. Okay. So she said, what do we need to be aware of for reporting cryptocurrency on our taxes? The IRS was able to force Coinbase to hand over information of thousands of exchanges who were then charged with tax fraud. If we use something like Ghostcoin, then are we literally invisible? First of all, I don't know what Ghostcoin is. Um, but anyway, you, do you want to chime in? So Ghostcoins, it's one of those privacy coins, kind of like a Pirate Chain or XMR um zcash all those sorts of things um the thing to think about there's how did you get that crypto to begin with so if you came on coinbase and you're ever planning on leaving on coinbase they know it um yeah. are you doing trading or not so me I, I do quite a bit of trading on binance and i just haven't been able to figure it out so i didn't take a single cent out of crypto until this year and then i talked to a cpa down here in texas he said go to cointracker.io I went there. That is a great, great toy. I highly recommend folks check that out. Coin yeah, I think that was the one that I was trying to think about because then you can use that with a paper wallet. Yeah, you can use that for everything. And, and they have a free account too. So folks can just use it to track all their uh, values and stuff like that. And as many different wallets, exchanges, and anything you want. Um, really useful. But I'm using that to report everything for taxes since back in 2017. So I've definitely got some losses to report from 2017 yeah um but i just i'm i'm stuck with thousands of dollars in crypto that i just i didn't want to offload because i you know i'll pay the taxes i, I don't want to but i'll pay the taxes yeah just because i need to use the freaking money well and so it, this is kind of like what we were talking about earlier if you're not dealing if you're just getting started and you're not dealing with large sums of money first of all if if you're not claiming okay like like I said earlier, I'm not giving financial advice, but if in theory you were to not claim that on your taxes, they're not going to bother you for small amounts of money. I'm sure the people who are getting charged with tax fraud are people who are dealing with large sums of money. 10,000 above who uh, Coinbase had to hand over. Oh, really? Yep. Okay. And with that said, so if you're using Coinbase and you're, you end up dealing with large sums of money, just pay the taxes. But um, if you were really wanting to avoid uh, that kind of stuff, there's, it's a, it's, it's a deep rabbit hole, but I, I would say look into what you mentioned earlier and that's Binance that doesn't report to the IRS. I'd, well, that could change at any time though. And of course. Blockchain. So if folks really want to skirt the law and take, take their own life into their own hands, the best way I can think of, and I'm not going to guarantee you anything, but the best way I can think of would be onboard your money to whatever cryptocurrency you want, send that to a mixer, and then take your Ethereum or Bitcoin or whatever you want to use there and change that into uh, a Monero or a Zcash. Um, and then, then take that to a completely unrelated wallet that's never touched anything else 
And then you can take that to whatever exchange you want, like Binance or what have you, or uh, Ogre Coin or uh, yep. I, you know, p- pick, an, pick an obscure exchange that doesn't do KYC and then do all your trading there, but registered under a completely unrelated email address because guess what? Google gives all their yep. data to the government. So even though you have never touched this wallet with uh, KYC money, it's still, well, your email address is still registered by Google with your IP address and they have all your information there. So it, they're just, it's so difficult to skirt that. I just, I, I mean, thousands of dollars, sure, it might be worth it, but is it worth that risk? I, I don't think so. Yeah. And I think the reason why she's asking this question is because originally when I told her to start looking into cryptocurrency, I mentioned it as a system that exists outside our current system. So it, it is naturally kind of an agorist system. Now, just because it's a system that exists outside of our system doesn't mean that the, the current system isn't going to try to regulate it. And I, I wasn't suggesting to just completely skirt paying taxes and stuff completely. There is ways to do it, but you have to know what you're doing. I would well, say well, just use it because it's giving the finger to the government anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'll agree with you there. One way to get around that is to find a person, a human being to exchange with. So you give them a hundred bucks and they give you a hundred bucks worth of whatever cryptocurrency. That way it has never, it's never come from a, an exchange. Have them give it to right. you in a, a privacy coin and you, you, your name's not associated with KYC anything. Right. Yeah. And I, I think that's how I'm starting to kind of think now with running a business. I think I'm going to, I've reached the point where I'm going to try to run my side hustle completely in cryptocurrency and to where I have literally an entire separate livable wage that I'm bringing in, where if the US dollar ever goes to shit, I'm still okay. Right. And that's, I mean, that, that's tough though, because it's real hard to offboard that money into cash I when know. you need it. Well, it, exactly. That's why you would never pull it out. What are your favorite privacy coins? Uh, so I'm, I'm bullish on Pirate Chain right now, but yeah, uh, I, I've been using Monero and Zcash for a while. Okay, are there? I, I, I like the idea of Dash, but the fact you have to turn on a privacy setting, it's just that's not yeah. reliable for using a privacy function, especially if you forget to turn right. on. <laughs> and and so. the person that you're receiving from has to know how to do that. Yeah, I just I don't trust yeah. it its usability i completely agree well you you said you're a, a libertarian so we're gonna uh, start L libertarian you're what little l libertarian little l li- libertarian so you're so not again, yes you're not a party yeah i agree i'm i'm right there with you i'm not a party libertarian um yeah i i, I took a lot of time and spent with the libertarians in colorado D- the denver area great great people but I just I can't get into the pissing contest with the uh, people who are all about the party over principle. And you get a lot of Democrats and Republicans coming into the party saying, yeah, I'm a libertarian and we, we have to win these elections. And well, the principles and the platforms you're running on are from the Republican Democrat parties. These aren't libertarian principles. Yeah. And that very thing that 
you're talking about is the exact reason why every politician, once they go into politics, they become corrupt people. It's because they're compromising. Right. So I, and well, people will say, well, you'll never win elections that way for me to keep my clear conscience. So be it. I would never sacrifice my beliefs to, you know, win elections. And that's why I think freedom sells is a great idea because it's kind of just opting out altogether or, or building a way to opt out altogether while right. you're living in the current system. All right. Well, before we, we go, do you have any recommendations for uh, that group that you're part of or that I, that I'm running? And um, is there anything you wanted to close with any social media links, anything like that? Uh, we just got to let the group grow slowly, but surely, um, don't want to rush anything just because someone accidentally sends some crypto to the wrong address and they get upset about, uh, 20 bucks or 50 bucks, something like that. I don't rush folks. But, uh, that being said, I feel like we're going to have to keep, uh, financially encouraging folks kind of like I did with those books there of, Hey, I'm willing to pay you. I'll give you a little, a little extra something, something here. If you'll use crypto. So right. beyond that, I just don't know, but it, I'd rather take it slow than rush folks. Um, that being said, the only thing I got for uh, social media links right now, I work on uh, a, a new website and a channel and stuff like that. But uh, the only thing I have live right now is localfirst.live and not.com, but .live. Um, okay. The reason I built that though was just during COVID, I could not find a freaking farmer's market anywhere. And I wanted some fresh produce. And they're all shut down. And in Hawaii, all they have is CSAs. So sure, I can hit them up on their Instagram, and it's a it's a huge pain. But they just want to sell you a box of crap. I don't I don't want kohlrabi. I don't know what to do with it. I don't use it. I yeah. want some, some carrots. I want some celery. I want yeah. I, I know the things I want. I want to order those. And they just didn't offer that. So I don't. I, I still haven't had a whole lot of traction, but just haven't had so much of the time to get it out there. But I put the website up. It's 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 a freemium model. So there's a lot you can get for free out of it. But uh, my, I just ask folks, if you want to list any of your uh, products for sale there, it's intended for food and food like substances. But all it is, is a go between for who's in my local area selling something I'm looking for, so I can meet up with them and buy it. So it is it is <laughs> okay, intended cool. for in person. So it's not, it's not purely online. It's just where can I find someone selling food near me? So and, uh, okay, so it's not just in your local area. It's a platform where anyone can go on and find people in their local area. Yep, yep. Awesome. So I got I got a mead a mead maker, a master brewer in Hawaii there who's li it's just listing his services that teach people how to brew. Well, I'll definitely be uh, keeping an eye out on how that's doing. I'll go sign up myself. Um, I'll in include that link in the show notes. But we'll definitely have to possibly have you back on and talk more about. Um, kind of your background and, and libertarianism and stuff like that, because it sounds like you have a lot of interesting things to talk about. <laughs> uh, we, we could talk for days about uh, pick the story there, but yeah, I'm going to be happy to come back on. Hopefully I'm uh, in a little bit better of a position there to give you a proper interview background and some better audio next time. And very last thing before we go, can you answer this one question? And that is, what does breaking the systems of control mean to you? That means being able to act freely and make my own decisions, not because I'm coerced into making certain ones, but because they're the best ones for me. 
hit the nail right on the head. All right. Well, thanks for coming on, Josh. We'll have to keep in contact and we'll definitely be in contact on, on that uh, crypto group. So glad to have you. Appreciate the time, Mike. Take it easy.